What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to our podcast, where we talk about a relationship and drink our coffee with you all. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the college experience, and this is where things get a little complicated, because it's really the first moment where we had to start making big decisions about our lives and our relationship. So in our first episode, we talked a little bit about it, but I'm going to backtrack a little bit and say in middle school, I started with online classes for a couple classes I didn't want to take at school. So that's kind of what got me started. Then when I went to my first high school, I knew a couple people who did it. So when I transferred to my second high school, I talked to them about it when we were making my schedule and they got me enrolled and helped with me doing it that summer, which is why I didn't do marching band because that summer I was already enrolled in doing college courses and I had commitments. I wasn't able to make practices. So that's kind of what made me not do marching band and got me enrolled in starting in college. After that, that first year, I would go to college classes on certain days, which is why we had practice on certain days for concert band, because I let them know what my schedule was, and that's kind of how they decided what days to do it. Didn't know if you knew that. No, I did not know that. So they coordinated the whole practice days around your schedule? Yeah, so I told him I have classes like, say, Monday, Wednesday, and so we had concert band practices on Tuesday, Thursday. You must have been one of his best performers if he's coordinating the rehearsals around you to make sure you can be there. Yeah, I don't know, but I was in his office all the time doing my schoolwork, (laughs) as we discussed. Subtle flex right there. (laughs) Yeah, so I I would, like I said, I was crazy and did extra schoolwork. That's why I got to that point. But so college for me started in high school. And so I just started out taking a couple classes my junior year. Senior year, at the end of junior year, they said, So actually, you have enough courses to graduate. It was me and like four or five other people that they pulled into the office to talk about. And they said all of us had enough credits to graduate high school that year if we wanted to walk early. Or they gave us the option of something called early admissions. So early admissions is at your community college, but you're still enrolled to high school and college at the same time. And to do it, what you do basically is you only go to college So all your classes are at the community college, but you're technically enrolled in both still. And every class that you take at community college counts towards your high school degree. By doing that, I raised my GPA because you get extra points for doing AP and college credit courses. And then I was automatically getting my credits towards my associate's degree. So, you know, when you're in high school and you take advanced placement courses Mm -hmm. and you that counts towards your weighted GPA. Yes. So did all the courses that you took at community college count towards your weighted GPA then yes. in high school? Okay. Yeah, and, you, and like AP courses, you get extra weighted points. That makes sense. Depending on what grade you got. So So you were getting high school credit, but you were also accumulating your weighted GPA higher, almost as if you were taking AP classes. Yes, and I didn't school. have to do an AP class exam And I didn't have to, for those of you who don't know, when you take AP courses, colleges don't have to accept them as part of your credits. However, by doing early admissions, I was already taking my classes at college, so they automatically counted. So I kind of got to skip that kind of step, and it already counted. So by the time I graduated high school, I had the first entire year of my associate's degree finished. So I graduated high school in 2017 and graduated community college at 2018 with my associates. Yeah, that was awesome. That's why our college is kind of how we said, like our our college experience was slightly different because I started before you, but I ended up graduating with my bachelor's after you. Right. Went through a few hurdles yes. along the way. But I definitely did not do early admissions. I heard of it, but I never knew how to get into it. I don't necessarily want to say I wasn't interested. I just never gave it the thought to even consider it. And they don't talk about it. It's and not they don't like a talk known... about it. You just find out a couple of kids are doing it. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But nobody tells you it's an option or suggests yeah. that you might need to do it based on your career path. And that's one of my criticisms of high school and especially many college programs is there's not a lot of communication with yeah. students about their aspirations and about what they want to do. Yeah. And there's a lot of disconnect between what's required or what more options are for your career path. It definitely depends on the college and the high school. For sure, that was just my experience. Yeah, and and the time frame, because I know that specifically the college that we went to have gotten better, but it's after we've already graduated. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was was another hurdle that we kind of went through together. So 
that's something I wish that they talked more about of. However, I think the reason that they didn't is because technically it was funded through the county. And so you had to qualify by a certain GPA and whatnot. So I think that's part of why they didn't talk about it as much, as well as the fact that the county also paid for your textbooks. So you got free textbooks. I remember actually when I was in middle school, I believe it was around eighth grade, somebody had come into one of my classes randomly and passed out a bunch of sheets of paper to all the students. And I think it was in reference to either the early admissions program or something about electives and trying to pick courses for ninth grade Mm -hmm. to kind of plan your high school credits out before you got there. But it was very brief. They were only in there for about 10 minutes. They didn't stay long to answer questions. And I think a lot of us were just thinking, okay, Okay, well, thanks for the info. I don't know what that was about. And then three years later, you find out some of your peers were doing this the whole time. And then you feel behind. So Mm -hmm. I started community college 2017, after the fall after we graduated. And I wasn't behind. I mean, 95% of students were starting at the same point. But Ariana was already a year and a half down the belt. So you really taught me a lot about picking courses, Mm -hmm. looking at prerequisites and satisfying requirements, all that sort of thing. And you kind of guided my way. And my sister helped a little bit too, because my sister's four and a half years older than me. She was graduating college a year before I was graduating high school. So she already kind of was giving me a little bit of guidance, Mm -hmm. but it helped having you there on campus with me at the community college, helping answer my questions and pick courses out. So I was kind of clinging to you because I didn't know what I was doing. So I think think that helped our relationship in the sense of like, we were leaving high school, we're starting, you know, adulthood for the first time. And that was like one of the biggest things is, you know, college. And we were both still living with our parents, but you have to basically pick your classes. And I don't know if all community colleges like this or if just ours, they have advisors, but I never found the advisors to be very helpful in picking your classes at community college that we went to. And usually it just spent more time waiting in line than anything just to see them. So I found it easier. They had a program on there where you could literally go in and choose what degree you were planning on getting and it would tell you all the classes that you would be required to take and this is specifically like to get your bachelor's so you knew the first two years those are the classes the prereqs that you had to take if you're getting your bachelor's so if you got those classes finished while you're in your associates when you went to your bachelor's it was just your degree focus Mm -hmm. and that was one of the reasons that my parents and I decided it was better for me to go to community college first because it's, like it's a third price. of the price yeah, of, of price a four-year university to get your associate's degree from a community college mm-hmm. institution first and then transfer. The credits and everything transfers exactly the same. Yeah. It's just a third of the price. So that's why I never lived on campus or anything, which even if I went to a four-year straight out, I wouldn't have lived on campus because for one, it's outrageously expensive. And for two, it was close. It was close, and there really? was no reason yeah. for my parents to spend all that extra money for me to go, so unless I was us... really dying for the experience, which yeah. I was indifferent. Yeah, neither of us lived in Tampa, but we live close enough. It's like a thirty to forty-five minute drive, so it's not worth living over there for a thirty to forty-five minute drive to get to campus. And both schools were in Tampa, but right. one was closer. And I don't know if this is just part of the education system across America, or if it's directly related to our state's education laws, or even just our area and the two schools that we went to in the county. But I think, at least with our experience, you're very much expected to put in all the research and effort for what you want to do on your own. Like you said, that program that we used to help find our prereqs Mm -hmm. for the program was very helpful. But nobody told us about it. Nobody helped us figure out how to use it. You found it yourself. You taught yourself how to use it. You taught me how to use it. Whenever we made appointments with the counselors. I even had several appointments with counselors. They told me flat out, yes, this course will count. And then I'm two weeks into the course and found out it's not going to count for my prereq. And I had to drop the class and add another one during the drop-add period. And I think part of the reason that was is because the same counselors had worked there, say, X amount of years, like a long time. And the courses that used to count didn't anymore, but they weren't like updating that for their knowledge. They were just saying like, oh, I know this is counted in the past type thing. So I think that's an issue there. But also, like I said, you waited more in line 
to have them help you make your schedule than it was to just go online with the program that they had that told you what classes you need and just do it from there. Yeah, the first time we went to apply for financial aid, we went in person and we waited in line for about two hours Mm -hmm. just to talk to somebody and fill out the paperwork. It was such a process and we felt like nobody was really there to help us. And nowadays too, college acceptance rates are getting lower. More and more students are applying to college, and I've been making the comment that a bachelor's degree is the new high school diploma, because more and more people are... They're wanting you to have a higher degree or a lengthy amount of experience. Yes. More and more people are pursuing higher education straight out of high school. More and more people are returning to college to get graduate degrees or just going back to school because they never... Mm-hmm. pursued college after high school in the first place. And so it's more competitive. Colleges want yes. to make sure that students are passionate about what they want to do. You need something besides just your test scores and your application and your aspiration because it's more and more frequent for people to be attending mm-hmm. these schools and they want to find something that separates you. But the problem that I think has arisen in that process is that students are receiving the help they need to be successful mm-hmm. in terms of finding answers about career paths and different school programs. And so that was the first big struggle we had as far as making our decisions on what we wanted to do in our life. And that was the point where we started to get stressed out because we were still juggling our relationship in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And you were a little bit better off than I was because you already had that year and a half of high school to get your feet wet and start learning things. So I was a little freaked out thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. I have you, thank God, to help me, but I don't know what I'm doing and and I don't know what I'm going for. want to lean on me to tell you how to do everything you wanted to be able to try to figure out some stuff on your own because you knew once we got to you know university four-year degree university where we're trying to do completely different paths you're gonna have to do the same thing on your own by yourself anyways yeah and I remember I don't want to say put a strain on our relationship but I remember we had a few arguments about me being frustrated with you that you would just sign up for the classes I needed to try and do it for me because you were worried that the classes were going to get filled or that I wasn't understanding what you were saying. So you would keep doing it and I would need you to keep reminding me and showing me. And I'd be frustrated thinking, I I need to learn how to do this because I need to do it. And you're saying, well, you're going to lose these courses. You're going to lose your spot if you don't do it. So I'm just doing it for you. But I was frustrated and that was taking a strain on a relationship Mm -hmm. because you were more of my mentor and counselor than somebody who worked for the institution and you shouldn't have been my counselor. You should have been my girlfriend in college where I'm still dating you and still getting to know you. Instead, you were like my counselor and that was almost taking a strain on our relationship for a little bit. I never signed up for courses without your permission or anything, but I definitely did the research by myself. Right. That's what I'm saying. You told me what I needed, but I wasn't figuring out the program and I wasn't getting the whole registration process. That's a big thing about community colleges because there's a high acceptance rate in the community college um, because not everyone goes to, you know, like a four degree university and whatnot, but community college, most people get accepted into. And certain degrees such as engineering have programs specifically where you're guaranteed acceptance in a more competitive field if you go through community college first. Yeah, because it's kind of like a technical college in a sense. As a byproduct of that, you're more on your own to figure things out because they have so many students to take care of. Yeah. And so for just getting your prereqs done, everyone needs to get their prereqs done. So unless you're in a specific designed program like engineering or nursing and whatnot, you're kind of just on your own because everyone needs to take the same courses. And because of that, it's highly competitive and trying to get your course as soon as they post for people to enroll. And so that was a thing that I learned firsthand that you didn't know before. And so I think I tried to push you to do it faster than you wanted to. And you weren't realizing, like, if you don't sign up now, you're going to end up with a class that's, like, maybe not on the day that you need. Maybe you're going to have to end up going to college every single day of the week instead of just planning to have all your classes, say, Monday, Wednesday, and then have Tuesday, Thursday, Friday do homework. Community college, yeah, you figure everything out by yourself, basically. Like like we said, but there are advisors, but they're not really meant to pick your schedule for you. They're just to advise you on if a course will count. And you just wait in a very long line to find out. 
pretty much nothing. Mm -hmm. So it's not worth it. They really advise you to do it on your own and that makes everything a lot harder, especially if you're just getting into college. What works best? Do you want to go to school every single day? Do you want to go to school only two or three times a day? Trying to figure out what classes are even available on which days. Usually people who are going to college are also working, so trying to figure out how to do both, you know, fit the schedules around each other. So just figuring out all of that is stressful enough. And then we are in a more new relationship, so kind of put a strain on a relationship in that kind of sense, but not necessarily too bad because we did take some courses together and I think that kind of helped. Well, even when we were dating in high school, since we didn't start dating until we were upperclassmen, Mm -hmm. We already kind of had those similar stressors because we both were taking AP courses. Or college. Or college level courses Mm -hmm. that were going to be reflective on our college acceptance and experience. And we still had to start making those decisions. And the harder classes than a regular typical high school class. Yeah, but it was that typical stress that high school students are already under. Especially students who are in extracurricular activities like Mm -hmm. marching band six days a week. We were already on top of our stuff because we had to be because so much of our time was taken for extracurricular activity. We already were good students. That was just part of the stress of being in school. Mm -hmm. But once you go to community college and you don't have that refresher, like you're there five days a week for school, that time's already set out in your schedule versus college where you have to plan it out and make yourself yeah. available. It's a lot more stressful, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Well, and that not was... even just that. It's like, say I need an English class, I need a science class, I need a math class, but they're set at specific times. So you have to figure out which classes you can take and when. And, and then, like you said, we both work. So then you have to make sure that you're available on the times that are available to take classes. And, and... then there's the whole, you could take some things any semester that you wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or you couldn't take certain classes until you took other ones mm-hmm. and you have to figure all that out but it's still on you to plan it out semester by yeah. semester you'd really have to plan a whole year ahead of time so that you could make sure i have this course done before this semester mm-hmm. so that i can take this other course that i can't take till that's done or i need to take you know this a certain way or whatever it wasn't like high school where it was like you were succeeding for requirements at one time yeah. each year. And they kind of picked your schedule out for you too, so that also helped. Yeah, exactly. In high school, except for your AP courses and your electives, everything's yeah. already, everybody takes the same thing. Everybody's taking one math, one science, mm-hmm. one writing, whatever it is. And so that transitioned into community college, even though Ariana was already used to it. I was probably a little disconnected from our relationship because I couldn't just focus on going on dates with her. I had all this stress between Mm -hmm. balancing working and planning a school schedule around a work schedule and retail Mm -hmm. that's already all over the place. And then trying to figure all these things out, trying to do it fast enough to where I wasn't missing out on courses I needed. And I couldn't just focus on hanging out and going to your house and going on dates. And I had to really, for the first time, focus on balancing my life. And I thought I'd be all right at it with doing marching band six days a week Mm -hmm. and being busy and taking AP courses on the side. And yeah, I was stressed doing that. But I figured since I had so much going on and I was doing all right with it, that I'd be okay. But when you really get thrown out there and you don't know much of what you're doing, except for what your girlfriend's guiding you with, you're wondering, should I take your advice? Are you doing it right? Do we even know? You didn't even, you know, you kind of taught yourself. And I never had resentment towards you. You were the only one that was helping me. So I was grateful towards you for everything that you were teaching me. But it was just stressful and I couldn't separate school and what I was focusing on from our relationship. And it kind of got binded together. And I can say I honestly probably was a little overbearing with it because I'm like, well, I know this is what you need to do. And you're trying to figure it out. So you're like, well, you know, I want to make sure I and figure it out on my own, too. And I was just like, no, this is what it is kind of thing. And that's just part of my personality. Just part of my personality. Same I, here, but... I try to be my best self and do things on my own and yeah. be as independent as I can. I can't feel good about doing a good job if I didn't do it myself. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with getting help from somebody or having people that helped you with something. a lot of with it something. on my, for you. Yeah. You didn't. That but was harder for you. I'm the kind of person where if I don't feel like I contributed most of the effort towards yeah. something that's representative of me... Mm-hmm then I can't feel good about it. It's like when I was younger and I didn't have a job, I didn't have money, and I'd go to the mall with my dad to buy my mom something for her birthday. He would have a list of stuff he was going to get, and I just picked which one Mm -hmm. we were going to say was from me. And I reached an age where I realized, why? I don't like this. This isn't from me at all. And I was like, why am I signing my name on this gift? You picked it out. You bought it. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't pay for it. I didn't think of the idea. Yeah. I just went with you and I picked which one I wanted to put my name on. And that was the first time where I was like, okay, I want to contribute to things yeah. that I'm saying I'm responsible for. So when we got to community college and you were trying to do all these things for me, as much as I appreciated it, it was frustrating me because I didn't feel like I was earning my degree. It was almost as if... You're putting the work towards the class. But... Yeah, I'm putting an effort for the class. I mean, I, I'm a little dramatic saying I didn't feel like I was earning the degree, but, you, you know... You do the background work to find the classes. And... Yeah, half the effort is yeah, the making the decisions to get where you want to go and figure out what you need to do. Because that's what's really giving you the experience of being responsible and independent. Because mm-hmm. anybody could hand me a schedule and I could just go show up and that's the easiest part. It's just making sure I'm staying on top of things. But that's what college really teaches you is planning and coordinating and making big decisions that are going to affect your future. And I wasn't really doing that part the first year, yeah. probably. That's part of them prepping you for the future, like mm-hmm. you said. So you weren't getting that full experience, which maybe that's why they have you do it the way they do. Or maybe it's just because they have so many students. But yeah, so that that was just our general struggle of going through community college, getting our associates, starting college, you know, getting our foot in the door type thing. And the good thing about our community college is they were kind of partnered with the university that we were going to go to. We still had to get accepted into it, but they took your courses no matter what. Yeah, they were sister schools. Yeah, so we got lucky in that sense. If we had decided to go to a different college, we might not have been able to get as lucky, but we were lucky in that sense, so that was good. Then we went to the same university. We both got accepted to the same university. Yeah. When I transferred to the four-year from the community college, I had another disconnect because I did the two years at the community college. By the end of those two years, I was feeling a little bit more confident, a little bit more of an understanding of what I needed to do and how everything worked. And then I went to the four-year, and I'm sitting in a room on orientation with 200 other students. Mm Mm-hmm seeking the same degree as me with four classes that everybody must take their first semester. And it was a mad scramble to get registered for the courses. Even worse than community college already. 15 minutes until it was all gone. And I was so stressed out. I went home crying. I was so frustrated, so stressed out, so worried that I was not going to get my degree because of this and this being dramatic, overthinking everything. But I didn't really get much of an orientation. And I think it's because I transferred with an associates already. I think if I had started at the four year as a freshman seeking that degree in my orientation, I would have got more of an idea of, hey, since your degree has 60 different paths, because I majored in psychology, since your degree of psychology has 60 different paths you can Mm -hmm. take, this is what you need to do if you want to take this path or this route or this route or research or clinical or medical or whatever it is, whatever I wanted to take, I would have had more options. But I think because I transferred, they figured either I already knew or I already figured it out or I was already told and I wasn't. So then I'm not really sure what I need to do. And I was even more panicked. And ironically, our experiences in getting from community college to the four-year university actually was like completely different Mm -hmm. yours was like a mad scramble for every single person who needs the exact same classes to try to fit into a class and mine was given to me a a handwritten schedule this is the classes you're going to take these are the days these are the times and there's no changes you can make and because of our personality and how we like to work we would have both traded that scenario any day but we were stuck with what we had for what we wanted to do so originally i was going to go into early childhood education which is elementary school age and it's called a cohort (laughs) and everyone that is taking those classes with you is taking all the same classes so you're with the same group for all the same classes and then some of the same people are the ones who are doing the internships with you at the same schools because everyone's kind of divided in specific schools that you do each semester so some of the same people that you were doing all those same classes with are the ones that you're doing those internships at the schools with so you're seeing the same people and you bond usually but for me as working I didn't have a job like we both were in retail I didn't have a job who could be like okay so every day at this day this day this day um, I can schedule at these specific hours only when you have a bunch of people to employ and write schedules for, that makes it so much more difficult. Which most jobs, even if it's retail, are somewhat understanding for students, especially if it's mm-hmm. a place where most of their lower level employees are students. Mm-hmm. And they're typically more understanding 
and flexible, but you and I both worked for a much smaller retail chain where we were, I mean, where you they're worked, big, you mostly had like young people. But they're not like big box stores like Walmart or Target or anything. Well, they right, were... that's what I'm saying. They're lower, so they don't have that as much, they don't have as much familiarity with having yeah. younger college students working for them. Like my first job, I worked at Michael's, and I was the youngest person that worked there by a lot. There were a couple of young people, but even the younger people were six years older than so me. Older they than were, you. you know, they yeah. were almost in their 30s, like late 20s. And most everybody else was in their 50s, full adults yeah. with families. So they didn't, you know. And I worked at a store in a mall, so it could only be so big. Right. Yeah, you had a staff of, what, 10 people? Probably a little bit more than that, but yeah, not not my yeah. much. So getting coverage for you to go to school was like out of the question. Yeah. And so that made it really difficult in that sense. And even when I switched jobs and there were more people because of the job that I chose made it that much more difficult. So I chose to work in childcare because I was going to go into the childcare teaching field. And I had some issues with the early childhood education no, you know, not trying to say anything disrespectful about them, like the teachers, the program or anything. But when I was in that program, it just wasn't working for me. And so I decided to switch to elementary education because I had a wider range of teaching abilities. Like I could do elementary school, but I could teach up to high school as well. And I think I liked that better. Well, and you also didn't join the education program because you were passionate about teaching. You weren't quite sure what you wanted to do for a career. And you thought, went, well, I'm good with kids. I yeah. used to babysit, so I'll probably be good at it. I and like I working with kids. just wanted to do kids. something that would make a difference. And you figured by switching that, you had more options to switch around mm-hmm. if you figured out you had a different age group you'd rather work with. Yes. So it was more beneficial for you that way, too. To choose. And then I had issues with, in general, I had issues with financial aid, trying to get that, because when I was in the community college, we waited forever to see a financial aid advisor, but they were so helpful for me. For you, not as much, because they basically were like, since you're living with their parents, you're not going to get anything, so it's not worth applying. I stopped applying once I, I think I applied one time when I first went to the four-year just to they see. They just give you like a loan. And then after that first semester... Yeah, they were going to give me a loan, and I didn't much. even need it because my parents already had a year's worth of school yeah, saved up. You were there was very no lucky, reason to go and they debt. were helping you pay for college. Yes, I was very lucky. I didn't have to stress about mm-hmm. paying for school. Your family didn't really help at all. They didn't have any money saved up for you to yeah, go to school, so to you help. did get grants and things like that. But Yeah, my... because of my family situation, I got lucky enough to get a grant right. and whatnot, so that's how I paid for grants and loans. My parents not only made enough money so I wouldn't get anything either way, but then I was lucky enough that they actually used some of it and saved up money for my sister and I to go to college. Because how it works is whether or not your family is contributing to your expenses for school or if not. You're under the age of 24. If you are their dependent on their You don't even have taxes, to be their dependent. Oh. Basically for the community college, yeah, it was like that. You, If you weren't their dependent, mm-hmm. then you could apply like that. But when we went to the university, it didn't matter if I lived with my parents or not. If I was under the age of 24 and I didn't have any dependents and I wasn't in the military, I had to use their taxes information. Right. And then if they make enough money to where they figure they could afford it, then automatically they don't give you anything, even if you're, like you say, you're not living with them or what the situation is. So if my parents said, we're not helping you guys with college, if you want to pursue college, you're on your own, and they made enough, I would have been screwed because I wouldn't have got a grant and I was making $8.25 an hour. I wouldn't have made it even living at home. Yeah. It's just ridiculous, the system. I don't know if it's changed at all since we were in school, and I don't know how they come up with it, but it was a struggle because I was paying for college on my own, and like you said, community college is only like a third of the price. So for community college, I didn't really have to pay for anything. My grant covered everything because of the price was so much less. When I went to the university, I had more expenses to cover My grant couldn't cover my textbooks and my classes. I was taking out loans, and I wouldn't have been able to get any of that if I had to use my grandparents. Luckily, because of my family situation, I still qualified, and I actually had to use my parents because my grandparents didn't get custody in the state of Florida. That's how Florida is, at least. So I had to use my my mom's information, and luckily, because she also doesn't make as much, I got stuff, but... 
if I didn't know my mom, if I didn't live with my mom, have communication with her, I would have been out of luck. Yeah, and like you say, I don't know how the system is set up for it to work, but there's definitely some off balance because I knew people whose family didn't make quite enough money to reach the threshold of being considered affordable for school. So they would get a grant, Mm -hmm. it would cover their classes, and then they'd have extra money that they could Mm -hmm. just pocket. So they didn't even have a job because they were literally making money off of the grants extra from their school. So they would go to a cheap school, get a degree for free, and be getting an extra Mm -hmm. couple thousand dollars every semester or whatever it was and that would just be their job while they were living at home and they just got a couple thousand dollars to spend while they were in school living at home not paying for food or rent and that was they just got free money and got to go to school but their parents still did well enough where they could afford to keep them there and at the house and pay for their meals and everything and then you have other students like you who have a job and are working hard trying to save money trying to pay for school but because of your situation you can't get anything and you need the help so yeah. it's not very balanced. So I had to take out loans and Clearly not, but there I needs still to got be at least some grant. Some better filtering on everybody's situation. Yeah. And they also have a first generational grant at the university we went to, but for some reason they would never give it to me, even though I was the first kid in my family to get one. My grandparents didn't go oh my grandpa started some college classes when he was in the military, but he never got a degree. My grandma didn't go to college and neither of my parents even graduated high school. So neither of them got a degree at all and my brother started college he never finished and my sister wasn't old enough to start college so it was just me and that was the first time like going to college and finishing to get a degree and I didn't get that either so I definitely had struggles with financial aid and that was tough for me but also us as a couple trying to figure all of that out Um, also getting Florida residency was an issue even though I've lived with Florida since I was like three or four like my almost my entire life Mm -hmm. And that was a whole issue. So, yeah, you had so many issues with the financial aid program. You had to reestablish your residency, mm-hmm. your guardianship. They wanted to ten charge times me a year out of state and uh, out of state tuition, which was, I think they said eight grand for one semester, which it's is about, only like four classes. It's about triple the regular in state yes. tuition. And I was like, well, I've lived here literally my entire life almost, and I'm not paying almost $10,000 for like one semester. That's not even like a four years. That's just the one semester almost. So I was like, that's ridiculous. And so I think I took a step back for half of a year trying to figure all that out before I actually started college. And then when I got into the elementary education program, I, like I said, I didn't know I had any specific health issues. I know I had some issues, but I hadn't gone to the doctor to figure them all out yet. So I got really sick for like two weeks. I just was sick. I got like the flu or something and I just couldn't get any better. Luckily, I didn't have to go to the hospital, but I was like sick at home and couldn't go to my internships or classes and my teachers wouldn't let me do anything from home. And I think after a week, they basically wanted me to disenroll from the semester and start all over. And that kind of put a really bad taste in my mouth about the program. And then right after that, they announced that they were going to discontinue their undergraduate program for education and started saying like, oh, you know, this person, this person's just started. So we're not going to continue you in the program. All the people who are almost done or close there stayed and everyone who was just starting left the program. Yeah, you had one of the roughest college experiences I've ever heard of between financial aid needing you to resubmit personal information from people Mm -hmm. you didn't live with three times a semester or more, your grants getting denied even though you were on your own, trying to kick you out of the program, trying to shut down the program, you switching your major, trying to talk to advisors. You just had the roughest college experience I think I've ever heard of. And I thought I was frustrated and you were going through all these other things. And then I'm like, well, I guess it's not that bad. At least I'm in a degree. My school's going to be paid for. My parents are contributing. My problems are minimal compared to yours. But really, those two years in the four-year university together, I mean, we didn't, we weren't seeing each other on campus because we had completely different classes at completely mm-hmm. different times. Different Our majors. work schedules were different. We were the busiest we ever were, even with me doing marching band. I've seen you more on marching band now. Granted, 
like I said in the first episode, I was exhausted <laughs> because we were constantly going on dates or on the phone or watching movies together yeah. when we weren't doing something and we were already busy with school yeah. and extracurriculars. But for some reason, when we were at the four-year, those last two years, it was more draining because none of it was fun. Yeah. It was all stressful things that yeah. even weren't like, working out we for us. We didn't even really get to be excited about being in college and focusing on the degree we wanted because we had so many stressors and you were stressed for me and so it was just was a lot and most of the time that we ever saw each other was more like a study date than a date yeah and we were at the point of the relationship where you know it wasn't that new and fun and exciting you know by the time phase yeah by the time we started our senior year in college we were together about four or five years already and so yeah. then it was getting to the point where... Because we hit five years before I graduated. We were graduated. seeing couples that started dating around the time we did either break up or get engaged or have a kid together or mm-hmm. something. And then we started talking about, well, when do we want to get married? When do we see ourselves having kids? And started asking these questions. And that was when I started to panic mm-hmm. and think, I'm not ready for any of this. I have so much to figure out. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with my degree. I still got another degree after this to get. Mm-hmm. I don't make enough money to move out yet. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a car. I didn't even have a car until I started it the four years. So I think I had just gotten my car. But even before we were talking about that, actually, I didn't get my car till senior year of college. I was driving my parents' car still uh, to the four year for a little bit. For a little bit. I don't think it was your senior year. Maybe it was your junior year, but yeah. for a little bit. And then after that, it was like, okay, you definitely need, now that you're putting on more miles going mm-hmm. farther, you need to. But we really started to get serious about our plans for the future and what we expected out of our relationship but we didn't discuss what each of us wanted but we didn't discuss it as much because we had so many other things going on Mm -hmm. and we weren't really going on dates we weren't really hanging out other than to study like you say and we were stressed out about having all these things and And having covid hit which was a stressful time frame for everybody in general and having putting school and all that in there too we already had so many loose ends in our responsibilities and so many unknowns about Mm -hmm. how the rest of college was going to go. Then the last two semesters of college, well, my last two semesters, COVID hit. So you had to deal with that your last year and a half, my last year. And then on top of all of that, we have people around us thinking, okay, well, this couple's been together four or five years. What's going to go on? When When are you going to get get married? married? When are you going to get married? What are your plans for the future? And we're thinking, I don't know. I think this is what my partner wants. And we never sat down and talked about it because we had so much going on. We started so strong in the first couple of years that we were like, yeah, we're going to get married fast. And then once we got to the university and life hit us with all these obstacles, we never reevaluated and realized neither of us was ready. And we both like to plan ahead with big and important things. And we both thought to ourselves, how can we commit to a marriage? How can we commit our lives to each other? When we have all these loose ends, all these Mm -hmm. things to figure out, all these unknowns, we were so stressed out by it, we just blew it off and we didn't even talk about those things. I think we were so more focused on our personal like needs and which was good it was an important time to do it but then we kind of just personal growth yeah relational then we kind of just left all the big questions about our relationship unanswered Mm -hmm. for probably two years and And it definitely hurt us a little bit moving out and you were like man she's gonna want to get moved out and married and have kids like right now and on top of it you were not happy at your grandparents house you wanted your independence you were dying to make your own decisions and be Mm -hmm. on your own you hated having to borrow money or borrow their car or Mm -hmm. you know live at home not not have me over when you wanted i paid for my own car payment but because I was paying for my own school, my grandparents helped out and paid for my car insurance. I was very grateful for that because I don't know if I would have been able to afford all of it. And they basically were like, well, now, you know, you're you're getting towards the end of your degree. Like, we don't want to pay for your car insurance anymore because I'm sure it's like $200 a month. It's, it's not cheap. At least mine is more than that. Yeah, so it's probably the same amount as my car payment. And so they're like, you know, it's not like a cheap amount because I'm younger, you know. So they're like, you know, it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, are you going to move out? Are you going to start paying for this stuff by yourself? What's going on? Uh, what are, you know, Tyler and you, are you, you getting serious? Are you going to get married? What, you know, and I'm like, I don't know the answer to any of this. And neither of us have discussed it. And I'm stressed. 
And so kind of just put like a divide between us without Mm -hmm. us really realizing it. Which I don't even, you know, I don't want to say, oh, we should have went on more dates or we should have done this or we should have done that. I don't have any regrets about any of that. I think we had our priorities in the right place because our concerns were unimportant things that needed our attention. But we never spoke about it and said, hey, I know we're stressed out. Let's talk about us. I think what our do you communication between us as far as our actual relationship went wasn't as good as it first was and it wasn't as good as it is now. It kind of dwindled right there. We didn't communicate. Not just like we didn't talk enough. We didn't communicate our feelings about our relationship as much as we should have because we were so focused on our personal things, which was good, but we didn't focus on a relationship and our wants and needs for the future never reevaluated. you're absolutely right we did not so but it was a learning experience because we learned from that that Mm -hmm. we need to check in with each other Mm -hmm. learn to not make assumptions about what our partner wants and no matter what's going on there's always going to be craziness but that if we're going to maintain our relationship and we're going to continue to be a couple and or be an engaged couple or Mm -hmm. be a married couple whatever our situation is if we're going to keep that commitment and we both still want to be a part of it, that that communication needs to happen no matter what's going on. Yeah, and I whether know everyone says kids communication going. is key, but we talked all the time and we talked about school and work and we communicated all the time and we helped each other through stressful moments, but it was that we never communicated what we, our future to each other and that's what really got us. Maybe what it was was that we were just so tired and moment. frustrated from everything that was going on that when we had that moment together, we just wanted to focus on being together and being enjoying. Together, so enjoying we would just watch moment. a movie or mm-hmm. go on the date if we could. And we just wanted to separate ourselves from our stress. More self-care and, if we addressed, and just enjoying the time we had together and yes. less stress. And if we spent that time just talking about serious relationship questions it would have just been too much sometimes because we were already stressed out. And so maybe we just pushed it back on the back burner and thought, well, everything's fine. We're doing good. Mm-hmm. We're still enjoying being together. But then, we can address those problems later. But then it kind of held us back yeah. because when the time came for us to really get down to it. On your end, you were panicking and kind of going mm-hmm. on an emotional roller coaster and what you thought I was. And I was more focused on career and I need to figure this out before I get to that point. And neither of us had discussed that. I was considering if I I had to decide what career path am I going to go into because now that they're closing this program down, I, I need to figure out what I want to major in. Am I going to continue my degree? At this point, I've been so stressed getting to this point. Is it worth it? You would have had to transfer to another school. Yeah. Do I transfer to another school? Do I transfer to another program? Do I just quit college? Is it worth it degree-wise? And then career-wise, well, do I stay in childcare? Because if I'm not going to continue with this career path, maybe it's not worth staying there either. Should I look for another job? I'm having stress there. And I was just more focused on stuff like that. And you were thinking, like, I'm finally in college. I'm finally getting to where I I wanted to be. Things are going as stressful as it is. These are going the path that I've planned for myself. What is she thinking? And Mm -hmm. we didn't discuss that. Yeah, I definitely made a lot of assumptions about what you wanted, either based on past discussions that had been a while since we had given each other any updates. Mm -hmm. Or if you told me this, then on another topic, I assume your opinion is the same or similar. And it could be something we never talked about. And... To be fair, where I was working, everyone was always asking you or me, like, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? Because everyone was like, oh, I want to see you have a baby because I worked in childcare and I moved to working with infants. So they're like, when are you going to have a baby? When are you going to get married? And it was like this pressure that I wasn't ready for, but I would tell you about the experience. And so you're like, she must be ready right now. And I think the biggest factor that made me start to worry that you were years ahead of me and your expectations for our relationship was the fact that you were dying to get out of your grandparents' house, dying to be out on your own, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't afford to without a roommate. And you had looked into getting a place with two or three different friends 
that either bailed on it or couldn't, or you couldn't find a place, you couldn't settle the details. And so it really came down to... I trust that I and them were going to pay both of our house at rent. Like I I didn't feel comfortable enough that I wasn't going to be the only one paying rent on time. Because they were always asking for money or asking for a ride or whatever it was, and you didn't want to be stuck with all that responsibility that you couldn't afford. And so it got to a point where we both kind of realized you aren't going to be able to get out on your own without me. And I was thinking, am I ready to move out? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I haven't even graduated college yet. We, we've moved well, out on our own. We were planning on waiting until after yeah. we graduated. We ended up moving in on our own together. Before, when I had six months left of school, I had two full semesters left mm-hmm. of school. And my parents were so worried I was going to drop out so closely and not finish, mm-hmm. which I wasn't worried about that. But I was thinking, am yeah, I ready? I would not have allowed that. I was thinking, am I ready to move out? Because I didn't expect us to move out this soon. My sister didn't move out of the house till she was about 24. Years after she graduated and was actually teaching. The age I am now, she was already out of college for Mm -hmm. four years, three years into her teaching career. And I was thinking, I'm moving out, not incredibly early. A lot of people move out when they're 18. I was, you know, 21 already, but was I ready for that? I wasn't sure. And I felt like at the beginning, when we first were talking about moving in together, because that was our only option. And you thought I was more serious about it. I was like, well... You know, how do you feel about it? Kind of gauging where you were at. Um, And then you kind of seem more excited to me about it than than you actually were. So then we started looking at places. I was trying to be optimistic and give it a fair assessment. Because I seen how unhappy you were, where you were living. I knew how badly you wanted the independence, wanted Mm -hmm. to be on your own, wanted to start your life with me. And, you know, to to whatever extent Mm -hmm. that was. And so I almost felt an obligation yeah, you that like I was you had to. I was holding you back and I seen how miserable you were and I wanted to see you happy again. And I knew that it was at that point where you exhausted all your options. You were only gonna get to move out when I was moving out with yeah, you. And you kinda of felt like I was forcing you to, but you never express those and ask I think where your spiral began. I didn't feel like you were forcing me, but I felt An obligation. I felt as if I was holding you back and I thought, I need to make sacrifices for our relationship. If I'm not quite as ready Mm -hmm. and it's a few months early or, you know, a year earlier, it won't be so bad because I still want to be with you. I still love you. You'll be a lot happier. Maybe I can make the push. But I was like, I need a better job. I need a car. Mm -hmm. I need all these things. We don't have money. Can we afford it? And discuss the possibility, not necessarily like, do it tomorrow but then look at places see what we want in general like what we would even want and then affordability so we can budget to plan ahead to be able to do those things when we're ready and we never really discussed it in that kind of sense we were just kind of feeling things out but I think you were like oh she's serious like wants to do this right this second and I think your spiral kind of began with that and the letter happened after that Mm -hmm. and so it was just it was a lot that just happened really quick. It definitely happened fast. Ironically, we moved in not too long after that whole letter situation, only because I think it brought us closer it did. when we worked through it. It did. And we learned a lot from it. And after the whole thing happened, I had a lot to explain mm-hmm. because you misinterpreted some things I said. I think you assumed a little bit more than some things we that were actually said. And we realized, okay, we need to sit down. We need to talk it out. We need Mm -hmm. to go over all these things, kids, marriage, moving in, engagement, careers, Mm -hmm. living together. We need to go over everything from the beginning, start over, forget what we heard or assumed or whatever we talked about before. Yeah, whatever we discussed previously and how are we feeling now. And I remember, I think the biggest thing that calmed me down was you told me, you said, I don't want to be married right now. Like I am if not you got down on one knee and proposed to me today, I would probably tell you I need to think about it. No, I don't I think know. I said, I'd say yes because I love you, but do I want you to right this second? No, I'm yeah. not ready. Yeah, and you said, I, I'm not ready to be married. There's too many things that mm-hmm. I need to figure out. And I was like, okay, whew, like... Yeah. I thought you were ready to be married. I was like, I don't even ASAP. know. I'm like freaking out more about career right now. I'm like, I don't know... What I want to do right this second, because now that this whole thing's changed, I got to choose a different career. And now I've decided and I started in criminology and I started in criminology and I started working with our sheriff's office and kind of going down that career path. And I'm like, I just started. 
I, I don't even know if I'm going to stick with this. So I'm like, I need to figure out this before I even think about something like that. And I think that's what made you realize like, oh crap, I've been thinking one way this whole time and I didn't even realize like you were thinking something completely different now. And then at that point I was thinking, well, moving in together isn't so bad. That is the next step of our relationship Mm -hmm. because we talked about it before that we were both fine with moving in before we were married. So Mm -hmm. that wasn't an issue. It was just, I thought if If I gave in and did the move in with you early, then you'd want the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But once I figured out you were good and you wanted to wait to get married and, then and I you told weren't ready you, to have kids I don't kids want us to even think about getting engaged until after we both fin- finish our bachelor's. I don't yes. want us not to have to be stressed about that. I want us to be able to finish our bachelor's degree financially, emotionally, like get ready after. Mm-hmm. After that's done, after we jump that hurdle and we make it through then we can start thinking more seriously about when we want to get engaged and when we want to get married. Exactly. And then I was thinking, well, okay, well, I'm good now. Moving in is the next step. Mm -hmm. It might be a little earlier than I expected, but this is our next step. And I think I'm ready for that as long as that's all it is. Yeah, and I think it was actually here after we first started talking about moving in together, then we actually moved in together. So it was pretty close after the letter that we eventually did move in together. But I think that was like months of you like thinking things through a certain way that kind of led to the letter. And then it was was months after. So it was like almost a year after we first even gauged the topic that we actually moved in together. Yeah, it was, I think it was about six months after the letter, give or take, that we actually moved in. And I think my parents were a little concerned because they knew everything that we had went through with that. It was eight eight months. And they knew everything we went through with that. And they were thinking, it hasn't even been... A year ago. A year. Are you sure you're ready? Are you sure you guys have talked everything out? Yeah. And this is what you want. And are you moving out for you? So or are you moving out for... Talking, yeah. yeah, my parents asked me, are you moving out for you? Or are you moving out for her? Yeah. They're like, that's fine. If it's what you want, we'll let you go. But we don't want you to make a decision that you're not sure about. Yeah. Are you sure you talked about it? Because we know where you were at eight months ago. Yeah. And since we talked about working through with the letter and whatnot, I told you I didn't want you to move out or feel pressured. Like I never had that intention. I never wanted you to feel like you had to do it, but you did in the moment. And I didn't know that. Well, our whole relationship very early on. It was fast. I always (laughs) had that mentality of, I need to save you. (laughs) I need to save her. I need to move out so she can get out of her grandparents' house. I need to always be there for her every day because her mental health isn't so good today. Like, I need to save her. And I, yeah, I had a lot I, of issues I've always been like that. in life, There's lots of stressors. I've always been like that my whole life. I'm always trying to please every single person in the yeah. room, put myself last, make everybody happy. Yeah, we both kind of like that. And that was part of the reason that I wanted to major in psychology and, and be a clinical be therapist is because I wanted to help people. But... I realized at a time, and that point in our relationship helped me realize it too, is that I can't, first of all, you'll never be able to please everybody. No. And even putting that aside, you can't please anybody and you can't make people feel better about themselves if you don't feel good about you and you're not putting yourself first. Even though I love you and I want to be with you forever and I always want to put you first, I can't do that if I'm not fulfilling my needs and happy with my own life as it is as one before I can share it with you and take care of you. And I'm not going to be happy living with you if you're miserable because you don't want to be there. Like that, that's just going to do worse things for our relationship Mm -hmm. than waiting until we're ready to move in together and be together and make those steps. And I realized that, you know, I can't save you per se. You don't need to be saved. You will get better when the things that you want come. You shouldn't be satisfied with getting the things that you want yeah. just because I caved and gave it yeah. to you. That would have made you me happy. You will only be happy and enjoy it if I'm giving it to you because I'm ready for it. Yeah, and you're happy. And, you're, and in that, yeah. we'll both be happier because whatever it is, whether it's moving in with you, a proposal, everything that I offer to you in our relationship that I'm ready for will be more valuable and will be more authentic yeah. instead of me pushing myself You should push yourself in a way to be motivated and to take a step in the next direction and push yourself to do more, but don't overexert yourself or take a reach that you're apprehensive about because you won't be authentic. 
Yeah, and push yourself for the things that you know you want, but don't push yourself to do things just because you feel obligated to. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that, I felt way more comfortable moving in with you. Yeah. I was thinking, what's the next step we in our relationship anyways? that topic. And what's we, the next step in our relationship? we worked on ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Like our relationship first. The next step in our relationship is moving in together anyways. That our engagement and neither of us were ready for that. Neither of us wanted to do that right and now. And we wanted to move in together first. Yeah, I want to make sure, we wanted to make sure that we could live together because not everyone, you know, when you move in, not everyone gets along. Not everyone, you know what I mean? I'm not yeah. sure exactly how I'm trying to say it, but not everyone is meshes together when they live together in the same room. Sometimes when you live with someone, you realize like there are things about that person that you just can't get over and it's just not going to work. It's like when people say, she's a 10, but she's a slob or he's yeah. a 10, but he picks his nose and he's gross and he doesn't have manners. Like you figure out those things that bother you, yeah. the things that are important to you, mm -hmm. making sure they contribute. And there's not one person always cleaning or always buying everything or whatever it yeah. is. We and both bring things to the relationship, exactly. not just in our relationship, but also in our lifestyle mm -hmm. and supporting ourselves that we both contribute to, whether it's one of us is better with nitpicky things and cleaning and one of us is better mm -hmm. with planning and, you know, organizing things, whatever it is, we both contribute something to the relationship and to the lifestyle because that's something you have to learn going from high school to college to moving in it's something you have to learn and we'll talk about that more in our episode about moving in and living yeah. together we'll get into all that but the college experience was the first thing that made us realize we have to make adjustments in our relationship to be happy and understand what each other yeah. wants because it's not always going to be the same. It depends on every situation. And that was the first time we realized that. And so we learned a lot from it. It hurt us until we figured out what it was. But once we realized it, we learned a lot and we grew a lot from it. Mm -hmm. And then we started to rebuild our relationship. Yes. So we kind of worked on our relationship and building that back up and that trust and that love and that connection. And that's what led us to getting moved in and whatnot. And I think that's what helped us finish college and get through those last final hurdles mm -hmm. and we've been going stronger and stronger ever since mm -hmm. the engagement just happened and that's our new thing and we're always going to have something new it, it's crazy to think when we look back we've already been so many things and yeah. such a short time so many life things from that we've gone through. learning to date learning to learning about each other going to community college, going to the four-year, moving in, getting engaged, getting married, having kids, grandkids, whatever. Like We're always going to have a new, exciting thing, mm -hmm. and that's something that I love. Just about the idea of, of the cycle of life and being in a relationship with somebody and sharing those experiences from years and years and years back and continuing to have a new experience that's always exciting. It's really reassuring when you have those depressive episodes that we all go through where you second guess where you're at and have regrets mm -hmm. about your past decisions and question if you're going the right way. Yeah. And that's why I say before, just not for the relationship's sake, but for your own sake, to continue asking yourself, is this what I want? Mm -hmm. Is this what I need? Am I fulfilling? Does this make me happy? Does this make me happy? Or is it, you know, am I just doing it because I feel like I have to? Is this, does this feel like I, this is my next step in my life, so I'm just going to go along with it? Or is mm -hmm. it what's going to really make you happy and really make you which happy is, in the future too? Which is what I felt when I was still unsure. Well, it's our next step anyway. What's an extra, what's an early year? Yeah. I might as well just do it. And then I realized, no, okay. If she's on the same page as me, then I don't mind doing it a little earlier than I thought. Because yeah. I'm ready for that. I was never not ready for that. I was not ready for we everything had like after. A original, you know, idea of a plan of what we wanted our future to look like, and that's the thing. Like life changes your plan as you go along, and our plan for our relationship changes as we've gone through these experiences. But unless we're talking about how those changes affect our our idea of what the future looks like, how is the other one gonna know? And so going through college and going through all those different hurdles and whatnot that we've gone through, all those different changes and whatnot through college, that's what changed our relationship goals and our relationship... Ideals. Yeah, what we imagined our future to mm. look like. It changed as we went through college and our college experience and getting our degree and 
unless you discuss them, how, how's the other person going to know? Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about myself in that time too mm-hmm. and prioritize. And I'm kind of going through a enlightenment right now because I've been so stressed about work and transferring to a, a career-based job and thinking about our next place and furthering the future starting to plan career. a wedding and furthering my career where I'm at. And I've been so stressed. I find myself in these little pits where I'm so stressed on things that I make such a big deal about. I'm like, it's my career. It's, it's, so, it's one of the most important things. But when I think about it, I'm thinking, is it really as important as I'm making it out to be? As long as I can support myself and I'm happy in my relationship and I'm with the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with and I'm living a safe and healthy life, what is really so serious to let it affect my mental health to the point where I'm unhappy? When I have so many other things in my life that are more important and they're going well, let me focus on those things. And right now I'm trying to live a carefree, happy life. I'm enjoying being engaged to you. Enjoying calling you my fiance every day. <laughs> Enjoying making these podcasts with you. And we just have so many great things I had to look forward to that I'm just carefree. Like nothing else is as important. I have so many good things in my life. I have so many blessings. So just to piggyback off that before we end this podcast, this episode, I want to just talk a little bit about what you're thinking future career-wise because I know we've discussed mm-hmm. how that's changed and how I thought my career changed. So I got my bachelor's in criminology. I have debated off and on if I'm going to get my master's degree. But as of right now, I'm just assuming I'm not going to. I might go back to school later. But right now, I'm more focused on just furthering my career where I'm at. I plan on staying here and kind of just deciding what my next steps career-wise are. But I know you have further aspirations for college. So you want to talk about that a little? Yeah, I I still want to get my master's degree. I've wanted to get my master's degree for... A long time. Eight years, nine years now. And I still want to get it. I still would like to be a clinical therapist. If I've got to have a career, right? Obviously, the goal is to just hit the lottery and take it easy. But (laughs) realistically, that's not going to happen. But if I have to have a career, I want to be passionate about it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not so dead set on that's all I want to do. Because I started learning American Sign Language. I'm really passionate about the culture of the deaf community and how important language is and how different it is across different cultures and how it affects everybody. Those tough moments in college that actually helped for the betters. When you got to college, you realized you have to have some sort of uh, foreign language Mm -hmm. that we had to do for your major specifically. And so for my associates, I had to do two years of Spanish or a foreign language. That was the one that was offered during the times that I could do um, to get my associates. But you didn't have that. And then when you got your bachelor's, it was required of you to do two years of a foreign language Mm -hmm. separate from high school. And mine wasn't. So you kind of had that that obstacle to figure out like, oh, I got to learn a foreign language I did Spanish like years ago in like middle school, high school. So I don't even know if I want to continue relearning that or do I want to try something different? And ASL kind of intrigued you. And so you started with that. And I think you kind of fell in love with the whole thing, the the language, the culture. And even if I do end up still pursuing the master's in psychology and doing the whole clinical therapy route, I would still like to learn the language fluently Mm -hmm. because... I'm so fascinated about the whole process and mm-hmm. how much you can say with so little and yeah. how much your body language really speaks for you in the yeah. language and how precious that interaction is that we take for granted every day with simple things. Yeah, because I know very a lot eye-opening. of people who can't hear and, and do sign language, like if you have someone who can communicate with you, like it means the world to them. Absolutely. Because... People get lonely. Yeah. Humans are... You can't hear anything. It's not like, yeah. you know, the normal people like take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And and everybody, I think everybody has a perspective when they try to picture what it would be like to be deaf or blind. They immediately think, oh, it would suck to not have that sense. It's not even about that. It's not even about that. They're, they're fine they with know. that. Yeah. That's the least of their worries. 
the biggest thing is that so loneliness compared to it's that loneliness the typical person humans are hardwired to be social creatures yeah now sure there's introverts and there's people who don't mind but mm-hmm. that isolation to not yeah, even be able even to introverts do still need interaction yeah. just maybe not as much as someone who's extroverted to take away that basic interaction that we all have every day and take for granted and not have it and just feel isolated and feel yeah because it's hard to communicate feel with weird and ostracized and yeah. have people not understand you as a person let alone what you're trying to communicate is so frustrating and just from becoming an intermediate speaker or sorry an intermediate signer and learning what i have i've been able to communicate with a few people at work and in the real world who, who world are deaf you say two things even if it's improperly their face lights up it's so precious to them yeah. and when they have friends over who they're close with or anybody who just speaks the language fluently you know a typical one to two hour visit that people of hearing have is a full day visit for the deaf community because yeah. that interaction is so rare and so precious so honestly at this point, I feel like I'm more passionate about that than psychology just because of all the hurdles I've gone through with yeah. psychology that I'm losing my passion, passion for, it. for it. And I also think that the one of the biggest reasons you said you wanted to go into psychology is because you wanted to be able to help people. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's like another... And how important it is to the deaf yeah. community. It's like, that almost means more to me than this. Yeah. So I... Kind of I'm kind of pushing more towards that right now. Getting your I do still want to take the GRE... Yeah. And take a test score and put a couple of applications in and do some more research I on what programs GRE are available. I believe GRE stands for Graduate Readiness Exam, something like yeah. that. So it's like an exam you have to take if you want to go into a graduate program, at least in Florida. I, I don't honestly, know if it's national. I, I honestly think I want to focus more on the ASL right now, yeah. American Sign Language, and see and what said, new programs open yeah. up for the graduate school for psychology. And you, you decided that you know maybe you'll get your bachelor's degree and. Uh, American Sign Language is like translating or something mm-hmm. and maybe you can go into translating career wise or you can use that and get your master's in psychology and, and be someone who does uh, therapists for people who are speaking but also people who do sign language. Yeah, because that is a very niche career. Yeah. How many people can say they can offer that service to the deaf community if anybody at all? Yeah. It's slim. It, I'm sure it's almost nobody. And that could be your thing. In the world. You can specifically be a therapist for people who mm-hmm. only speak sign language. Yeah, I would love that. I'd be down. So it just depends, yeah. So yeah, those are career aspirations. I'm thinking about furthering my career in the criminal justice field. Not necessarily sure exactly what I want to do. I have some ideas, but till I'm ready, I won't voice them. <laughs> but yeah, we both career changed relationship has progressed and that's where we're at today the next episode we're going to focus all about moving in together specifically and and how it's changed our relationship and how it's actually been living together what we've learned about each Mm -hmm. other and about being in a relationship where you're seeing that person all the time Mm -hmm. and how to keep the relationship fresh and exciting when you're seeing each other every day and what we've learned because we're in our second place now and Mm-hmm. I think we're Been pretty together, well adjusted to in, being together. together for like two years. Mm-hmm. So that's all going to be in the next episode. We hope you've enjoyed this one and we'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. Have a good day.